strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound book, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I, I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He comes over on occasion. What's up, potty people? What's going on, everybody? Long time no here, right? It's been, oh, man, going on two weeks since my last podcast. I apologize if you're an avid listener of Strange Things Are Afoot at the Circle K. You know my name is Johnny Doe. I'm your host. But you also know that I'm getting ready to move across the country. Yes. So that's no excuse. I don't need a lot of time to do this podcast, but I've been kind of stressed out and, and uh, a lot of stuff on my mind. And I've noticed that it's really hard for me to uh, focus on on uh, doing a good podcast when my mind is kind of wandering somewhere else. So I waited till I was kind of in a good spot where um, I had something to say and I don't want to do it just to do it. Now, I will say it's uh, very important to be consistent and, uh, you know, get, get your voice out there uh, as many times as I can. But I'm in this for the long haul. For instance, I don't, I have no preconceived notions that this podcast will go anywhere anytime soon. Okay. I know that um, I'm looking at hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of episodes before I can really even gauge and look at uh, what this is turning into. You know, this is, I'm brand new to this, um, this broadcasting thing, if you can call it broadcasting. Um, but, the, the the voice that I want everyone out there to hear is the voice of a regular guy. Now, there's a lot of regular people, quote unquote, that, that do podcasts. I mean, goddamn, it, half of America seems like they do podcasts. I mean, um, I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, uh, the Pat Thomas Stay the Course podcast, and he, ref- he uh, made reference to to something in one of his little opening monologues uh, where he was talking about how many, no, it was, he was, he had a guest, a female guest, a female comic. And they were talking about, I think he made a reference to how many podcasts are out there on like geek culture and movie reviews and all that. And I couldn't agree with him more. It just seems like there's just a ton of just everything, but especially that there's just a lot of people that are wanting to be movie reviewers or gossip columnists column columnist yeah a lot of people want to do stuff like with the entertainment field and they, and they might be good at it I, I don't know because I don't listen to those podcasts um, but there's just so many there's just so much content out there and I know it all can't be good uh, if you listen to this podcast before you know that I've uh, I was an artist for about 10 years I worked in the comic book industry Nothing that you've ever heard of or have probably ever read unless you read a lot of independent stuff, Uh, but a lot of very small press stuff. But being in that industry, it it was it it reminds me a lot of what where podcasts are now, where in the 90s, there was this big comic book boom and uh, you could make a million dollars being a comic book artist in the 90s. Guys like Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and Mark Silvestri and 
Frank Miller and all these all these guys uh, made shit ton of money just drawing comic books. And then that kind of bust, the bubble burst, and uh, people were losing their jobs left and right. Well, before that, uh, that's when I first tried to break into the industry is the early 90s to mid-90s, and everybody and their mother was trying to get into the comic book racket. And this is before the big Hollywood boom, but uh, probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, you did see a lot of Hollywood people at comic book conventions looking to buy properties and stuff like that. So... Uh, long story short, everyone's dream was to get some big movie deal and draw a comic book and and uh, get a movie deal and never have to work again. That's what you would think, right? But it just that's that wasn't reality. But why I bring that up in this podcast is because <clears throat> everybody was trying to break into the comic book industry, and there was a lot of small press comics. You would go to Chicago Comic Con. That believe it or not, that one used to be bigger than San Diego Comic Con, as far as just uh, comic books. It was more San Diego has always been more the um, full entertainment thing. But in the '90s, you know, it was uh, it was if you were into comic books, the actual comic books, Chicago Comic Con was the one to go to. Anyway, you would go down Artist Alley, is what it's called, and there would be a hundred people with their own title and you've never heard of any of them uh, some of them were really good some of them were not so good I was one of those that was kind of right in the middle in the beginning I wasn't definitely in the not so good category and then slowly I kind of built up to to being you know a reputable independent comic book creator but uh, I definitely wasn't one of the best but you could see just a whole plethora of different kind of comic books. Some people that were in it for the wrong reasons. Some people thought it was a quick way to get famous or to get rich. And then some of them, you realize they're just in it to, to go to the after parties and shit like that, as, and they didn't want to have a real job. <laughs> and so I kind of have that feeling about podcasts and like YouTube channels and stuff. Um, podcast, especially because it's so much easier than doing a YouTube channel, um, <clears throat> or just as easy. It's probably easier. I know if I was videoing this, I would have a, a, a lot more to think about as far as, um, lighting and editing and making sure, you know, you look cool on camera or whatever the fuck that you think about. Uh, you know, I'm sitting in here and just t-shirts and a short, I could give a fuck because I'm, I would give a fuck anyway. That's probably what, why I wouldn't be a very good YouTuber, but I digress. Um, a lot of podcasts out there. So Johnny Doe, get to the point. What are you trying to talk about? Okay. Well, the subject of this uh, of this podcast, this particular episode, is I want to talk about broadcasting and I want to talk about podcasts. Um, when Pat Thomas was talking about how many podcasts were out there, uh, I realized that there's a ton of people that are they're trying to they're they're hoping that it blows up and they can make some money. This podcast is unique is because uh, I would never turn down money that somebody wanted to give to me, but I'm not trying to get advertisers. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm not trying to have a target market. I'm not looking at demographics. I, I don't even look at the analytics on my website or how many downloads I have um, on a consistent basis. I'll look maybe twice a month. I just don't care in, in the sense of why should I care because I only have 30 episodes episodes up so it's and I don't do any advertising or anything like that so it's like what am I going to look at there's not 
whatever, you know, I'll, I'll look at it when it matters. But my point is, I'm not trying to be an entertainer. I'm not trying to be an actor. I'm not trying to be a professional broadcaster. I'm not trying to be a comedian. I'm not trying to sell you anything. And so that puts me kind of in a my in the minority. Why? Because I don't I don't know anybody that does that. Okay, here's the categories of podcasts that I see. I see um, uh, C and D list celebrities. I see lots of comedians, uh, A list comedians, all the way down to 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 new starting out comedians. Um, you know, which is this a natural platform for comedians uh you see a lot of uh, actors or pseudo celebrities like reality stars and stuff like that but and then you have people that they're trying to push a different product um that they're trying to sell a book or they're trying to um sell something else or it's just another um another media platform for them to try to get their brand quote unquote out nothing wrong with that i mean that's it's uh, there's nothing wrong with trying to having ambition to try to make this into something but why i say this is unique is because i I don't have guests i don't try to be uh some something else and probably the biggest critique that i hear or criticism excuse me that or critique that i have for other podcasts are that they're a lot of them are trying to be something that they heard uh which which there's nothing wrong with that in, in, in the sense of, um, Hey, I like this format. I'm going to do this format, but they're, but they're trying too hard. Some of them to be, um, a radio show or to be, um, you know, Joe Rogan or, or Bill Burr or whatever. They're, they're, they're trying too hard and they're, instead of just kind of doing their own thing, being unique and, and just, uh, figuring it out. Um, I bought a book on podcasting before I started my podcast and the book was pretty much worthless except tell me like what equipment I need and shit like that. But when it, like one of the, uh, biggest piece of advice that I've seen consistently on blogs and things like that for starting a podcast is one having, um, like a really catchy name, which mine doesn't, I've been told mine's confusing every time I tell people the name of my podcast, they laugh. They're like, what the fuck? But I don't give a shit. Um, it is what it is. You know, I, uh, I like it and Hey, it's a title, whatever. So, you know, it's not like a, it's unique though. That's what I wanted more than anything is I wanted something unique that was a reference to something, but also a analogy for something else. And two, they said, Make sure to have like really target the genre where, you know, you have a kind of a built in group of, for instance, if you're doing a comic book, you go, okay, do a science fiction comic book and just target the science fiction people like, you know, the people that do the movie review ones or do the sports or do MMA. This is kind of all over the place. It's not comedy. It's not, um, you know, like a lecture, um, you know, highbrow shit like Sam Harris does or something. It's, it's, um, I don't do guests like, you know, um, Joe Rogan or, or, uh, you know, the plethora of other podcasts that, that have guests. Um, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not formatted like a radio show. It's just a free form. 
I crack the mic and I talk about things from my perspective. I don't know if that's unique or not. Um, all I know is what makes it unique is me because I'm not trying to be anything but myself. And I know that there's, you know, I've lived on this planet almost 43 years as of next week. And I've been told my whole life that I'm a very unique person. I have a unique personality. So I know if I'm just me that hopefully people will um, gravitate toward it for advice, for perspective. I don't, you know, it's it's very pompous when you say I want to give somebody advice, like having an advice show, because that's not what this is. What this is is I is I want you to be able to draw similarities between some of my experiences, what I do in my life, to some things that you do, and 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 pick up the things that work or the things that don't work because I've trust me I've you know step on my own dick at least once a week so. I, I share those experiences and I think that it's, uh, you know, coming from a regular guy that just lives a regular life. Um, I just don't hear that perspective out there. Everybody has these very, um, delusions of grandeur or at the very least, even if it's not delusion, they have grandeur in their mind for what they're trying to achieve. And, Regular people like me are not trying to be that. And so my biggest influence for this type of podcast is when I worked in the comic book industry, there was a guy that was a friend of mine. His name was Mark Stinson. And when I was in the comic book industry, I, I lived in Kansas City, Missouri. And we, we uh, started a not-for-profit group called the Comic Book Creators Network and and uh, it was a great thing. We published books and uh, kind of ran a little not-for-profit company for a couple of years. We kept it going. Um, but Mark was part of the board of directors like like I was. And he had a comic book series called Void Pulp Comics. And I remember seeing it, seeing it at a comic book. Uh, it was a comic book convention. And he was there. And I was there. And I picked it up as a fan and he wasn't the best artist, he wasn't the best writer, but it was a very entertaining comic book. And I was like, oh, this is, and, and to me, that's what it is. You're getting your money's worth if you were entertained. And so we're all sitting there having a board meeting, and everybody that's part of the board of directors, there was eight of us, we all had aspirations of working for Marvel or DC or whatever. And so that was kind of the focus of a lot of our discussions of, of how do we network to get the bigger jobs and to get more uh, distribution or getting more comic book shops or, or whatever. And then someone said something to Mark about that. Um, and we're talking about, oh, I think w one of the guys that was on the board director just got a big deal, like a 10 issue deal with image comics or something. And, uh, we were talking about, oh, that'd be great if like Marvel or DC and, and, and Mark goes, yeah, I'm, I don't care about that. And someone said, uh, so if DC called you up and said, we want to buy Void Pulp Comics and we want to publish it and we're going to give you this amount of money, you wouldn't do it? And he's like, no, I do this for a hobby. He goes, I'm a police officer at the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department. I have 10 years before I retire, but full retirement and benefits for me, my wife, my kids, I do this as a hobby and I do it for fun. I would not throw away my career 
of law for of law enforcement in my retirement for the chance at doing a comic book and and lose my insurance, lose my peace of mind and all that. And he goes, no, I, I have no aspirations to do that. My aspirations is to have fun and to put something out there. And, and that's it. That's, you know, that's it. I'm not trying to be what you guys are trying to be. And at the time I was, I was kind of, I don't know, jealous or kind of pissed off that I was like, well, well get the fuck out of here. Cause this is for people that or like me, that I'm trying to make a living at this, and how dare you that my dream's not as good enough for you. But once I started this podcast, I really understood where he was coming from, because I have a career in the military. I have you know responsibilities of a full time job, and and not even a job, a career, you know, a decade plus career. And even though I would love this to be successful, I would love um, to get more listeners and all that good stuff. It's not a priority of mine. And it, I definitely wouldn't stop what I'm doing now as a career to pursue this. Because this, what makes this pure and what makes this the voice of the people, of the people, for the people, is because I am tied to nothing. I'm not tied to ratings. I'm not tied to downloads. I'm not tied to advertisers. And um, you can say whatever you want. I'm a huge fan of, you know, podcasts. But you can't say that you're not um, selling out or cashing in if if you get paid to do your podcast. Advertisers, you're you're in their pocket. And I hear a lot of people say, nobody owns me, no one controls me, no one can tell me what to do. Well, if you have advertisers, then maybe no one does tell you what to do, but they can. Because if you are trying to make money off your podcast, then they can tell you what to do. And if you don't need the money and you don't want to make money on your podcast, why do you have advertisers to begin with? So I don't, I'm not saying I, I, I'm not hating on them because I would take advertisers in a second, but I would know that I'm going to say something and that advertiser is probably going to get pissed about it. And so it's a matter of time. And that's where you're at the crossroads of, am I going to sell out and, and edit myself and make it to be what they want it to be? Or am I going to say, fuck it, I don't give a shit if I lose advertisers, you know? And so that's the great thing about this podcast and podcasts like it. Uh, there's a lot of them, indie podcasts out there that they don't have advertising dollars. They don't make any money. And, and it's a pure voice. You know that there's nothing's bought and paid for. And the only time that those people sell out are because they're trying to be marketable. They're trying to get advertisers or whatever else. So I, I think there's some power in saying, hey, I don't need your money because I have something else going on. I'm doing this just to do it. And, uh, you know, if it if it changes, then it changes. You know, and it, be, it becomes something else. And that's great if you can have the best of both worlds. You know, I mean, Joe Rogan is a, is a prime example. He makes a shit ton of money on his podcast and does and says pretty much whatever he wants. But there is consequences. He has uh, gotten in trouble with saying certain things. He has had to apologize. No matter if anybody was forcing him to do it or not, he felt the pressure to do so. No matter if it was because he thought he was wrong or he just thought, uh, well, I don't want to lose money or listeners or advertise, whatever the reason is, you know, there's when you have something to lose, well, then it might make you edit. It might make you 
change the way that you do stuff. So, um, so for at least right now, that's what I'm looking to do with this podcast is just be unfiltered, unedited. I don't want to be lewd and rude just for the sake of doing it, but just be a voice of a regular person that's just trying to get uh, their voice heard. So without further ado, this podcast, what it's about is broadcasting. Oh, how fucking boring. Click, everyone just turned off. No, no, listen, people, before you turn off. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I have been for, you know, four or five years. Um, But before that, I was a huge fan of radio shows. And so today is another top 10 list. As I came up with my top 10, not, not the best, but what my personal favorite top 10 radio shows and podcasts that I have ever listened to in the last 10 years. Now, why I, why I caveat the 10 years is because I don't want to kind of talk about shit from my childhood or some radio show, some Wolfman Jack shit, you know, back in the 80s or something, uh, because it's not relevant to today. And why I say radio shows and podcasts is because I do see the transition of radio shows to satellite radio shows, to now podcasts. But it's kind of come full circle because I've noticed a lot of podcasts are trying to be radio shows. And um, so I thought, let's make a combination list as half of them are podcasts, half of them are radio shows, and some of them are radio shows that turn into podcasts. But one thing that I've excluded from this list are like TV shows, like Real Time with Bill, Bill Maher is a uh, is a podcast I listen to, but it's a TV show and they just also put it out as a podcast. I'm kind of not going to talk about those, even though I'm a fan of it. Um, you know, he's not trying to do a podcast. He's just doing a TV show and then puts the audio up. So first, before I go through my list, I'm going to open my podcast app and I'm going to read to you everything that's in my podcast feed right now. So you know it's legit. Maybe I'll take a screenshot of this and upload it to my Twitter as well. Um, now, this changes from time to time. Um, and I'm going to be honest about what I listen to and how I... Because some of it is um, subscribe podcasts. And then there's some ones that aren't subscribed, but I listen to them from time to time. I just don't want them constantly downloading on my phone and taking up space um, and then I don't ever get to them. So sometimes I'll just go, hey, I kind of like this guy's podcast um, enough that I know I'm going on a big road trip, so I'll download a couple episodes and get caught up or something like that. But I don't want to listen to it every week or whatever. Okay, so I'm going to read what all the things that uh, I listen to, and then I'm going to go through my top 10 list from 10 to 1 of the best shows that I've listened to. And I think I'm a connoisseur. Why? Because I drive a lot. For my job in the military, I'm on the road all the time. Um, I I lived eight hours for my family. So anytime I drove to, to see my family, I would have to drive about eight hours or 16 hours round trip. I'm about to make a you know another big road trip. I, I travel a lot. And so I'm in my car or government car a lot. So I listen to podcasts instead of listening to the radio. Or I listen to... You know, I used to listen to radio shows before I was really into podcasts. But anyway, okay, so the first podcast that I have on here is the Jocko podcast. Uh, um, Jocko, I can't remember 
what his uh, last name is, uh, but he's a former Navy SEAL, and it's probably one of the best military podcasts. Now, there's a ton of military podcasts out there, a ton. And even though I'm in the military and I talk about some military shit on here, I don't want to do a military podcast because there's so many out there and people that do it better. Um, I think that everyone has a unique perspective. There's so many different jobs in the military. Everybody always thinks the military is Navy SEALs and Army Rangers, and there's so many different aspects to the military or the Army um, or combat or whatever else. But I'll do episodes that focus on that stuff, but I'll leave it to guys like him to talk about, you know, uh, some of the, some of the more grand, um, things about the military, the more nuanced things. And I'll just kind of sharpshoot from time to time and, and, uh, talk about it. Okay. So that's the first one. I don't know why, what order these are in. I mean, they're just kind of in random order. The next one is stay the course podcast. Uh, with Pat Thomas. Um, I just started listening to that not too long ago. It's a really good podcast, and he's kind of a regular guy uh, like me. He's uh, a comedian. He has a regular job, but he's an aspiring comedian. I've never heard his comedy. I don't know if it's published anywhere out there, if he has any CDs or audio files or YouTube videos. I don't know. I, I just know I, en- I enjoy his podcast. Um, this, the third one is the Sheepdog podcast with Tim Kennedy. Tim Kennedy's former UFC fighter. He's also an army ranger or a green beret, um, who is ranger qualified, sniper qualified, all those things. So, um, I, I enjoy his podcast. He's not on it a lot. So he's also with a guy named doc. I can't remember his name, but, uh, he was in the military too, but it's a really good podcast. You got to be in the mood. Uh, to do to listen to that and and I hate to say it but a lot of times I don't know if anyone li- listens to like this or the Jocko podcast if they weren't in the military which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but uh, you know there's a lot of I, I can understand why someone that's not in the military wouldn't want to listen to that but I enjoy them <clears throat> and the next one's the Chip Chipison podcast podcast next one after that Harmontown. Uh, my own podcast, uh, Your Mom's House, Waking Up with Sam Harris, Real Time with Bill Maher, This American Life, UFC Unfiltered podcast with Jim Norton and Joe Rogan Experience. Those are all the ones I subscribe to. And then the non-subscribe ones that I have on here, I'll just, and some of them I'm not even that familiar with because I don't, maybe I haven't listened to them or I don't haven't listened to them in a while. So um, random ramblings with Rob. I've listened to that a couple of times. Really, um, haven't gotten into it too much yet. Uh, a thousand and one heroes, legends, and historians, uh, and mysteries. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck that is. I don't even think I've listened to that. Uh, Juice in the morning. Uh, he's pretty good. I haven't really got into it yet, but I have a couple episodes downloaded that I still need to listen to. Um, the new man and its advice for men. I will say that I listen to if if this is the one I'm thinking of I that this podcast really isn't for me but I still have it on here uh, the Mo- Monday morning podcast I don't know why I don't subscribe to that because it's one of my favorite podcasts but um, sometimes I'll unsubscribe to a podcast just because I I get so behind I'm like hey, let me just unsubscribe so it stops downloading and erasing the other ones that I haven't listened to or whatever um, yeah. 
Uh, Zero Blog 30, it's another military podcast. Uh, it's it's uh, entertaining. Listen, I haven't listened to it in a while, I'm not going to lie. Fighter and the Kid, I used to really be into it, and I got really annoyed by Brendan Schaub, so I stopped <laughs> listening to it. Um, and I haven't listened to it in a couple months, but uh, it's it's a good podcast, and he's uh, he's good. Brian Callen is annoying. To, both of them are kind of annoying sometimes. Uh, but but Brendan Schaub, I really like his perspective of the UFC breakdowns and stuff like that. So when they start talking about other shit, it kind of gets annoying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, Radio Lab and then uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Okay. So that's what I have in there now. So now I have, I'm going to go to my little note that I made on my phone. I'm going to go through my top 10 list. And you guys tell me. And the, these are radio shows and podcasts, and I'm going to go into depth of why. Okay? Remember, this is the last 10 years. So, uh, number 10 is the Howard Stern Show. Like I said, this isn't the best of all times. This is my personal preference. I'm going to tell you why. I've never been a big Howard Stern fan. I never have. Um, but... I have satellite radio in a couple of my cars and I started listening to him once I got, uh, I had XM and then they merged Sirius and XM merged. And I, I started listening to him or had his, his show became available to me. And if I had nothing else to listen to, I would listen to his and some of his old shows and stuff like that. And I was entertained, but not because of him. I don't, I, I'm not a big Howard Stern fan. The show can be entertaining though. And I, I put it on the list because it's hard to deny that he kind of started a lot of, there's a lot of things that have spawned from Howard Stern, no matter if it's radio shows or podcast or whatever else. Um, but he's kind of a dying breed where he does a radio show and he doesn't do a podcast, you know, and he talks shit on podcast. <laughs> okay. Number nine, the Chip Chippison podcast, podcast. Now, I it's a brand new podcast, and I know I'm kind of going out on a limb saying that that's one of my all-time favorite, but it is that good. If you haven't listened to the Chip Chippison podcast, one, you're probably not a fan of Jim Norton, who's the comedian, and he does a character called Chip Chippison. Um, but I've been a Jim Norton fan for, let's see, what is this, 2017? 15 years. And uh, I've listened to him on various radio shows, uh, various podcasts and uh, it is the the first time I listened to this podcast I was fucking rolling I mean it's one of the few podcasts that every time I listen to it I laugh out loud while I'm driving it is that good he is this character is hilarious um, he has the guests that he has on there other comedians and other radio hosts it's just the funniest thing I've ever heard. If Anthony Cumia was on there every time with him, it would be gold because they, I don't know, they just have a chemistry on there. Um, they've always had a chemistry, but it's a fantastic podcast. There's only about five episodes up, but I'm telling you, you got to listen to it. If you're a fan of comedy, it's hilarious. Okay, number seven is This American Life. And why it's number seven is because I, I do listen to that one a lot. Now, I can't remember if, I have, if I'm subscribing to it right now, but it's one of those that if I have a long drive ahead of me, I'll go and subscribe to it, get all the recent ones, and, and listen to them. Um, 
it's a uh, it's a very entertaining podcast. The only criticism I have is it's it's there's a lot of money behind it, so it's it's a very highly produced. It's basically a radio show. Um, I mean, it's uh, NPR. I think funds it, um, or Chicago Public Radio, or something. Um, I think that's what it is. Chicago Public Radio. Ira Glass is the uh, is the host, but they have different topics. What I like most about it is there's lots of different of, of, uh, varying of topics. But my one criticism is it's very leaning, left leaning, you know. So um, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Libertarian. I'm not a Tea Party. I'm I'm just I'm a registered independent. Um, but I have. I, I don't know if it's just a political culture that's out there right now, but I'm very cognizant when I see something that leans way to the right or way to the left because it, it it's becoming a problem in this country as we have two extremes and not a lot of people in the middle. I'm kind of in the middle, but, uh, but you know, um, they do a fantastic job on this podcast. It's very entertaining. Okay, number six. The Money Monday Morning Podcast. Okay, that's Bill Burr's podcast. He's probably one of the bigger inspirations for me doing a podcast, and this is why. One, I he is probably my favorite comedian. I'm a huge fan of of comedy, and he's probably been my favorite comedian over the last 10, 15 years, um, consistently. Him and Louis C.K. Um. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I mean, Dave Chappelle did, I mean, Dave Chappelle just released a whole bunch of comedy specials on Netflix. Fantastic. He's hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. But Bill Burr, I'm telling you, I, I like him. It's, it's not because he's funnier than everyone else, which he is, but I just relate to him. I, I relate to his perspective. I relate to him being angry about everything. Um, but his, he is a huge inspiration for me is because I wanted to do a podcast for a long time. And, I always thought I need a co-host because all the radio shows that I really like, it's always a couple people or maybe three people. And, and then everything else was like interview shows and stuff like that. And I could not get anybody that was committed to it. And, um, you know, being the age that I'm at, uh, the people that I know all have careers and have other things. I just didn't find anybody that was passionate to do it or someone that I felt like I had good chemistry with. Um, I still think if I did a podcast with somebody that I had good chemistry with, that understood um, kind of the back and forth uh, of, of bantering and stuff like that, that it could be entertaining. But um, lo and behold, I came across Bill Burr's podcast. And um, I mean, I came across it long before I thought about doing a podcast, but it what it represented to me was, wow, this is a guy that just cracks the mic has regular recording equipment, and sometimes he's in a hotel room, sometimes he's at his house, but he just talks about regular shit. And he has um, really good segments, like with the uh, uh, fan mail stuff, people writing, asking advice and stuff like that. And he, it, I just, he's a, such a relatable guy. The only criticism I have and why it's not higher on the list is because he does do a lot of sports talk. And I am a sports fan, but not, a hardcore sports fan like him. And so the only hardcore sport I'm into 
is UFC and maybe baseball, where he doesn't talk near as much about baseball. He talks a lot about basketball, hockey, and football. So um, if it's like right in the peak of playoff season in any of those sports, he's going to talk about that a lot. Um, so, But I think he's, he's a hilarious dude, and his podcast is phenomenal. So that's number six. Now, number five is one that I've discovered um, probably in the last six months that I do, it's so high on the list is because it is, I think, um, not only extremely creative and funny, but it's so different and they have inside jokes and they have the way that they do this podcast to me is they, they created something and let it kind of flourish into, they took it in a direction that makes it unique to them. Okay, it's called Your Mom's House. It's with comedian Tom Segura and his wife, Christina Pazinski, I think her name is. And it's a hilarious podcast. I love this podcast. Um, They really get in deep on some subjects, but in a funny way, deep in a funny way. And him and his wife have a great chemistry on this podcast. They talk about, they have a lot of inside jokes and a lot of, uh, a lot of hardcore fans, which, uh, it, it's nice cause you kind of feel like you're a part of something, but, um, you know, they'll play videos and they have some audio clips and make comments about it. And it's, um, you know, that you can tell they, they do some show prep and stuff, but they don't, it's not overly prepared. There's a lot of things that, uh, it's just a really good show. I don't know how else to put it. Okay, so check it out if you haven't yet. Your Mom's House. Number four is a radio show. So far, we've had only one radio show, but this one is, I believe it's a podcast now. I don't listen to it anymore, but when it was a radio show, I was super into it. Okay, Dan Savage has a show called Savage Love. And I first came across uh, Dan Savage's, he had a syndicated column in a newspaper, local newspaper in Kansas City called the Pitch Weekly. And the Savage Love section was just his love advice or sex advice. And there was the most extreme weird shit in there. And I thought it was hilarious. I would get the Pitch Weekly. It was a free newspaper in Kansas City. And I would read this. And it was just, and I would read it to my girlfriend or my wife at the time. And and we would laugh about some of these things. And then when I deployed to Afghanistan, I had people send me the pitch weekly and I would read them uh, these advice column and, and crack up people in, in the bee hut and gross people out because there's a lot of homosexual shit in there. And if you're around a bunch of infantry guys, they don't want to hear about homo shit. So I love reading homo shit so they can get all fucking squirmy and then you can go up and grab their ass and make them all nervous and shit. You're going to rape them. Yeah. It was fun. It's good stuff. Hey, infantry. Cool. So Savage Love, um, I discovered his podcast, or I discovered his radio show after that. And um, he's funny. He's quick-witted. Yeah, there's politics and all that other stuff in there. But he get, he gives good love advice, and it's entertaining. I don't need love advice, but it was, to me, I, I just, it was unique. And so it was a good radio show to listen to. Um, his podcast... I believe, because I used to listen to his podcast, I believe like there's a paid version and there's a free version. I can't remember. I don't I don't listen to it anymore, but it was for a long time. I remember lots of long car rides, 
listening to his radio show and it was uh it was good so that's number four number three on the list is the joe rogan experience joe rogan is probably the one of the most prolific podcasters out there him and adam carolla uh, joe rogan why he's on my list and he's probably out of all these he's he's definitely the most consistent uh, podcaster I listen to, but, uh, I just, I agree with probably 80% of his perspective on the world. And, uh, I think he's funny, but it's, I remember when I first started listening to the Joe Rogan podcast and I didn't like it because I knew, I just knew him as a comedian. And then I started listening to his podcast and it wasn't funny. And in the early days, if you've if you're a fan of his, um, a recent fan, you need to go back and listen to some early episodes. There's some early episodes that are very hard to listen to because everyone's talking over each other. The levels are all fucked up on, on the microphones. Um, a lot of times they're just it's just uh, very chaotic and very unorganized, and a lot of bro science. Um. And it used to really irritate me because him or a guest would just be talking out of their ass. And then it just kind of evolved where Joe Rogan took a turn where he started really having be curious about a subject. And instead of just having like Eddie Bravo or, or Joey Diaz on there commenting about it, he would have somebody that was an expert in that field or someone that just wrote a book about something or or whatever. And he would really not go in with preconceived notions and really listen to what they have to say. And then he would have somebody on a couple weeks later, kind of giving a counter argument. And then you, you could slowly see him formulating his opinions and getting rid of biases and, and uh, educating himself through his podcast. And it's, he has evolved over the years into being somebody that really looks at things objectively but he wasn't like that in the beginning he really wasn't and um he was uh there was just a lot of bro science on there but you just don't see that on his podcast anymore you see him very um uh, what's the word i'm looking for restrained on giving an opinion about something that he doesn't know about and he'll he might quote some studies or look up something on the internet. But I remember early on, he would constantly just go, oh, that's not true. Hold on, let me Google this. And he would Google it and go, see, that's not right. And the first thing that popped up, now he, I'll, you'll actually hear him say, let's look it up. And then he'll look at the website. Well, this website's known for this or that, or I don't know if I believe this. And I think it's, it's so important that th- here's a guy that's really educating himself and talking to the people that you need to talk to to really get the information. And so uh, it's a very entertaining podcast. Uh, he has every you know everybody from comedians to scientists on to big name people to people you'd never heard of. And that's probably the best thing about it. My only criticism about his podcast is um, he has a lot of people on there that um, like for instance, he's really into hunting and and especially archery right now so it's almost to the point where you feel like he's spoon feeding you his shit like hey i'm really into archery so you need to be into archery or i'm really into running or i'm really into jujitsu or whatever else 
like jujitsu is a, a prime example. He doesn't have near as many jujitsu people on, but he's constantly has hunters and archers and all these people on, which they're his friends. I and there's nothing wrong with it, but I'll almost always turn off those podcasts because they talk so much about just that. What I like about his podcast is when, you know, he has Cameron Haynes or somebody on and they talk about other shit because I'm interested in someone like Cameron Haynes or Joe Rogan for that matter. I want to hear their opinions about regular shit. I already, I don't care about hunting or fishing or archery. I don't want to listen to three hours of that. Uh, I'm not telling him not to do it because there's a lot of people out there. I'm probably in the minority. There's a lot of people out there that want to listen to that. But my that's probably my one criticism is when he gets into something, he's very much into it and he's tries to get everybody else. I mean, you'll hear him, you know, like he'll have a guest on and he'll be trying to tell them to do archery or jujitsu or whatever. So his his big thing is whatever he's into, he wants everyone else to be into it too. But uh, it's a fantastic podcast and hey, I'm not uh, I'm not telling any secrets there. Everybody knows about his podcast that's into podcasts, but it's one of my favorites. Okay, number three, or number two. This is not a podcast, this is a radio show. And this radio show has a special place in my heart. It's the Ron and Fez show. It's not even on anymore. Ron Bennington and Fez Watley. They were on XM Satellite Radio. Uh, Before that, they were on um, just regular FM radio in New York. Um, And then they got picked up by XM in the early 2000s. And... uh, Ron Bennington has been doing various radio shows for, you know, 25 years. Um, his current show that he does is called Bennington. It's him and I believe his daughter, Gail. Um, I don't listen to that that much because it's on a, uh, you know, weird time that I'm usually at work and stuff. Um, and, and I don't ever hear any replays, but it's a very entertaining show as well. But Ron and Fez, how do I, how do I explain Ron and Fez? It's it could easily be my number one. Uh, there was a point that I would not miss a Ron and Fez show. That it was on uh, back when I was an artist, uh, a full time artist that I stayed. You know, I stayed at home. I worked out of my home studio, and I would have while I was drawing my comic books, I would have that on in the background for three hours. I would make sure to be home or to be in my car where I had sidelight radio when Ron and Fez was on, or I had to, or I would catch the replay. I mean, I was obsessed with that show. That show, um, it's, it's one of those shows that you felt like that you were a part of something that other people just didn't understand. The humor was just different. Ron Bennington is one of the, the wittiest, smartest, quickest dudes out there. And it was highbrow, humor it wasn't dick and fart jokes now they had some of that but it was like it was i don't know how to i don't want to say highbrow like like it was uh like british humor or something that's that's uh, pompous or something but it was uh, the jokes were it wasn't like a cheap laugh okay uh, my number one has a lot of those but but uh i don't know how to how to explain it accurately uh, you just have to listen to it. And and it was like, here's what was great about Ron and Fez. Is it was like a radio show, uh, comedy show, an interview show, and a reality show all in once. Because Fez Watley 
was the co-host. And he was this ambiguously gay, (laughs) maybe, yes, no, you didn't know for a long time, low self-esteem, constantly hypochondriac, had lots of problems, and he would constantly cry on air. He constantly, and and they dealt with like real shit, but Ron would always make it funny. He wouldn't let it get too deep, but it would. It wasn't afraid to go left or right of center. Um, it was, to me, a very courageous show because it did a lot of things. There's a lot of guests. There's a lot of uh, kind of formats that it had that was way different than what you would think its audience would would be um, into. And it really challenged its uh, audience to not only laugh at the dick and fart jokes and some of the some of the very lewd humor, but but also um, get into some of the uh, the wittier uh, wittier things that they had, and they and it was very much they had a cult following as well. A lot of call in guests, a lot, your your typical radio show with like call in interactions, and I and I can't stress enough that. I'm going to love this show till the day I die. Ron, Ron Bennington is one of the funniest guys, uh, best broadcasters you're ever going to listen to. Now, why is it not my number one? It, well, a couple different reasons. But the main reason why it's not my number one and what I picked for my number one is my number one. It's because my number one show opened the door for Ron and Fizz. I listened to them first and they introduced me to Ron and Fizz. And that's the Opie and Anthony show. If you don't if you've never heard of the Opie and Anthony show, then you're new to radio and maybe even podcasts because they don't have a show anymore. Um, but Opie and Anthony were are the last of a dying breed of what's called shock jocks. People that were on the radio and doing shocking things. And they are um, to me, they have a superior in every way radio show to Howard Stern. Even though Howard Stern kind of started the shock jock thing, uh, Opie and Anthony were fantastic. And Jim Norton got his uh, start on that show as well, um, his start in radio at least. And the three of them just had a fantastic show. In their heyday, um, The, I mean, I would be crying. I'd be laughing so hard. And... They are the reason why Joe Rogan has a podcast. If you've listened to Joe Rogan, you've heard him credit Opie and Anthony for his ins- being an inspiration to him. Anthony Cumia now has his own little. Uh, it's not a he didn't have a podcast, but he has a like a subscription based video channel. I guess um, I haven't watched it because I'm not going to pay for stuff like that. But he and I don't agree with a lot of his politics. But if it was just a pure comedy show, I would probably subscribe. Why? Because he is probably one of the funniest motherfuckers you're ever going to see that's not a quote-unquote comedian. He is so funny and quick and goddamn. That show, I will put that show against any podcast any day. And when you listen to the Chip Chippison podcast and Anthony Cumia is like a, a guest on there, I get a glimpse of what I'm missing by not having Opie and Anthony anymore because it, Opie was great in the sense of he was the kind of the facilitator and he would lead them down these roads and paths to, to be funny. And he was an important part of the show, but the chemistry between Jim Norton and Anthony Cumia is magic. 
And sometimes Ron Bennington would be on and Fez Watley. And the four of them, they would have, sometimes they would do shows. Um, I'm trying to remember what they, what they called it. I guess um, it was an acronym for, you know, ONA and Ron and Fez. Um, but it was, it, it was some of the best shows I've ever listened to is when all four of them were on a show together. They are the reason why I got into radio and then later uh, got into satellite radio and later got into podcasts. And now I have my own podcast that I'm doing. Uh, I'm definitely not doing anything anything like them. I'm not even uh, fit to hold their microphone. But those guys are professional broadcasters. Satellite radio, in my opinion, in 10 years might not even exist anymore. Podcasts are, are kind of making it obsolete. But there's still some good radio shows out there. But I recently shut off my podcast and just listened to my satellite radio for a whole day and flipped around. And there's a lot of comedians that do radio shows now. And, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if they, they do them as podcasts as well, but some of them aren't very good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Why? Because they're, tr- they're trying to be what Opie Anthony was or Ron and Fez or whatever. People... I will explain, I I will say it this way. You have to evolve. Those things I don't think work anymore. Ron and Fez, Open Anthony, they had to kind of change it up a little bit too. Ron and Fez still works or or the show Bennington. I listened to it today and it was funny, but it's it's more of a casual listen. Um, It's not going to be like punchline joke, punchline joke. It's, It's very much a long format and, and, uh, the, the, it, it's, it, I don't even know how to describe Ron and Fez. I wish Ron and Fez had a box set of like, you know, all their radio shows. I would buy it. I don't care how much it costs. I'd buy it. it it's that good. Um, they, uh, yeah, the people that are trying to do podcasts and make it sound like a radio show, I don't know that, uh, you know, I, I don't know that that's what people want anymore. Um, so, you know, I, I listen to podcasts mainly, but, uh, you know, Opie from Opie and Anthony still has a radio show. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, Jim Norton has a radio show with a guy named Sam Roberts. Not a huge fan of that. I do love his Chip Chippison podcast, uh, and I love when Anthony Kumi is on there. Like, Anthony Kumi is doing his own thing. Not a big thing. So, it like, chemistry is so important, you know? People can go off and do things individually, Um but on their own, they're, some of them aren't as good as, as when they you know uh, come together and they can all be kind of role players. That's why I give so much credit to, uh, to like Bill Burr because he, he is such a funny motherfucker without trying to be a comedian. Some, he's just funny. He's just and, I, and, I, and he has a, a, just a sharp mind, you know so it makes him a, a great podcaster just by himself. so. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for my top 10 list. My number one is Open Anthony, and they introduced me to Ron and Fez. I will, I will say that at one point I got sick of Open Anthony, and I was more into Ron and Fez. So, But I got to give Open and Anthony credit because they were the ones that got it all started for me, and I, I still remember the first time I heard their show. And the first person I heard was Jim Norton, and he was saying a joke, and I can't remember what the joke was, but I was pulling off this exit, and I could not believe I was hearing it on the radio. I know it's satellite radio, but it was 
just his humor was just like, oh shit, just so in your face. And he, and and Jim Norton and Opie Anthony kind of introduced me to a lot of comedians that I love today because uh, they had like Patrice O'Neill on and Louis C.K. and Bill Burr and uh, you know Nick DiPaolo and some of these guys um, that. I Jay Moore, you know, I didn't, I didn't ever hear of until, you know, this, and now they're big. Like Louis CK is huge, but I remember when he was just a guest on Opie and Anthony, you know? So, um, yeah, that's my top 10 list, um, podcast and radio shows. And maybe I'll do another, another one of these a year from now and see what new podcast, maybe I should do a top 10 of new podcasts that I've discovered. Um, I don't know. But every once in a while, I'll share kind of what I'm listening to. And if you like, um, if you like some of the things that I like, then then check them out. That's a great thing about podcasts is that you don't have to really invest too much. Um, you can just try it out and try to listen to it. And if you like it, you like it. So and you can keep downloading it. You know, you don't have to. That's that's the advantage of podcasting over radio shows. Bennington is a great show, but I I have to catch it. And I don't know. I don't. I, I should look it up. See if he has a puts it in the podcast form. But uh, and if you notice from this list, I left off all the bullshit podcasts that are radio shows that turn them into podcasts, um, and the ones that are like political, like your Dave Ramsey, your Sean Hannity's, all that. I hate those. I listen to them just to get pissed, but I hate those. I fucking hate Dave Ramsey and Sean Hannity. I wish they would fucking go suck an AIDS-filled dick and uh, a little reference to Jim Norton there. But <clears throat> I, I can't stand those guys. Okay, I think it's time to wrap up this podcast. I've been talking for an hour now about this kind of shit. So thank you for checking out this podcast. As always, at a foot podcast is my Twitter handle. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, www.afootpodcast.com is the website or um, afootpodcastgmail.com if you want to email me. I probably won't ever check it though. So just hit me up on Twitter if you if you want. Until next time, party people. Thank you for listening. I'm Johnny Doe signing out. Bye-bye. Cool, like pulp era radio show where he the way he describes in his descriptions um, it, it really is theater of the mind, but it's, it's based on real shit. So it's awesome. It's really cool. So can't stress that enough. Check out hardcore history. It'd probably be higher on the list if he, if he did more, but it takes him so long just to do one podcast, understandably, cause he has to do so much research. So, um, you know, props to uh, Dan Carlin. So there it is, people. Number eight. <laughs> Thanks for enduring my unprofessional podcast. Later, people.